0: Celtic lunar calendar, as I was um, starting to say earlier, was actually first brought out, as you can see, a variety of, of different forms, by someone called Keith Bailey, who's a Celtic scholar who lives in Cornwall, and he, he's actually, I think, fluent in both the P and the Q forms of Gaelic. That's the Irish, Scottish form, and the Welsh Cornish form of the Gaelic and I first met him back in 1988 and he was giving a talk about the Celtic Lunar Calendar which he had worked out from some tablets the Caligny tablets that were found in Brittany in Victorian times about 150 years ago and they were just sort of found and I guess a few Celtic scholars um, had worked on them and worked out the calendar and he decided that it needed to come out and be used his statement somewhere in, I've actually got copies of this which I've copied up today if anybody wants Um, every society, every tribe has its calendar its own particular way of taking bearings amid the endless flow of days, months and seasons By taking these natural rhythms and imposing upon them a more or less arbitrary but agreed system of divisions we get a calendar, a framework for organising the past and planning the future. Human activities events, celebrations can then be coordinated between different groups and kept in step with the cycles of the natural world. A calendar is a powerful practical tool and also has a deeper cultural significance it embodies and sustains an important part of our world view and often quite subconsciously influences the way we perceive the passage of time and our place within the world's rhythms and that is why I have started talking about it because I think that what he says there is really important and I am very aware for instance Nigel has just said spring starts on March the 21st well on the celtic lunar calendar spring begins at Imbolc which is at the beginning of February and that's when you get the first snowdrop and why it's the beginning of spring is that although we are still in winter at that time the fact is is that the light is beginning to to come stronger yes days are noticeably beginning to get much longer then the birds song is changing Yes, they are beginning to to sing spring type songs at the beginning of February Um, You get the first snowdrops, the very first bulbs, the very first flowers of the new are beginning to to emerge Um, The catkins, hazel catkins are coming out at that time, closely followed by the pussy willow So by now, coming up to the equinox, this is actually mid spring this is when all the daffodils <coughs> are out and the birds are making their nests and the eggs are being laid and you know and 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 so this is the ultimate of spring, the high point of spring, rather than the beginning. The beginning is where you're actually turning from one cycle into the next. It's the turning point where you're still within the old cycle, but you're turning into the new. And um, by I found that this this world view that we are talking about a calendar being an underpinning for a world view by working with it which I have actually actively done since since 89 so I came across it in 88 I have actually actively worked the festivals and the seasons with the Celtic Lunar calendar since 89 and I found it's completely changed my world view in terms of connecting in with the rhythms of Britain because of course it's a calendar to do with Northern Europe not, not just Britain but Northern Europe and as such it's very much to do with nature in this little part of the globe Yeah. so in this, these particular seasons and cycles it's completely irrelevant for the tropics yes, yeah? so the Celtic lunar calendar wouldn't make any sense in the tropics where you don't have the particular seasons that we have but it makes great sense here in this land and I get really cross when I see in my diary that they call June the 21st the beginning of summer because we've always called it Midsummer I mean look at Shakespeare, Midsummer Night's Dream which is to do with June the 21st the longest day because that's the high point of summer so let's take the wheel of the year as the wheel of the year (coughs) and I'll be completely traditional here and I'll have the top bit here um, as, as December the 21st, which is the, the longest night. And the, and the, the bottom as June the 21st, which is the longest day. So we're very much going on solar things here. All right, so this is, this is longest night and this is longest day. And so going still on that here we have the two equinoxes which is equal day equal night. Now everybody is very familiar with that I am sure. This is our basic solar plan. Yeah, the, the, the cycles of the sun and what the sun is doing. Now the thing with the celtic lunar calendars is you have got to try and moon cycles in with sun cycles and that of course doesn't work because the moon is 29 and a half days for each of its, its moons rather than a month um, which means it doesn't actually fit in with the solar cycle yes you, you, you've got sort of between 12 and 13 months going on um, in each solar year so it's something that wobbles and the whole of the lunar calendar is basically how to work out that wobble and one thing I found very interesting in working with the Lunar Calendar and the Lunar Festivals is that it is identical with the Chinese Calendar so the Chinese Lunar Calendar and the Celtic Lunar Calendar are actually working on the same system and there are lots of Lunar Calendars the the, um, Jewish have a Lunar Calendar Um, the Muslims have a Lunar Calendar uh, you know, one can go around. There's all these different lunar calendars. Um, the Tibetans have one. And they all seem to work slightly differently. So, for instance, the um, Muslim lunar calendar actually wanders <laughs> around the solar year. You know, it doesn't actually stick <coughs> to keeping sort of the moon cycles in with the sun cycles by putting in extra months every now and then. And, and so it's, it's continually wandering. Um, The Tibetans put in extra days every now and then rather than adding in extra months every now and then they'll have an extra day plonked in and so they keep the the, the moon cycle together with the solar cycle that way but the way that the Celts do it and at the back of this and as I said I've made copies for people if they're, they're interested he's got what he calls a technical appendix And the technical appendix actually shows you how it's worked out. And in order to keep them in, you get five-year cycles. And he shows you how the five-year cycle is worked out. And that is actually within a 30-year great cycle. And that 30-year great cycle, five of those or 30 cycles or 5 great cycles, or 30 cycles being a month of cycles that makes a semi-period of 150 years and 2 semi-periods make a full period of 300 years so we are talking about a calendar that is not thinking about just this year or next year it is thinking 300 years, is actually thinking even further because they have four periods, an era of 1200 years and that then begins the cycle again so we're talking about a calendar that is actually working out on a 1,200 year basis. These people weren't doing things short term. Yeah, you know, they, they, they really were totally aware of what was happening over an incredibly long period. And from what we know of the calendrical knowledge within the stone circles of, of Britain and, and, and France... It seems as though this Celtic lunar calendar has come out of that calendrical knowledge of the megalith builders. So we're taught, I mean, Nigel's just been saying that, you know, in the west of Ireland, we've got megaliths that are now being dated to 4,500 BC, Karnak as well. Um, we know that Stonehenge was being built over a 2,000-year period, from the beginning to the end of the actual building of it and we know that a lot of these places are oriented to to midwinter sunrises or to Beltane sunrises or whatever Um, and so they are calendrical devices and it's like these Caligny tablets, these bronze tablets that were made about 500 AD were the putting down on a tablet of all that law that had been built up over that period of time So we're talking about a calendar here that's the end result of a long process, yes in order to get 1,200 year cycle of a calendar, you're talking about a very, very long process. what the calendar did um, on top of this basic solar year was to actually create a seasonal year and the seasonal year, the beginnings of each season, the turning points. From one season. So, if this is midwinter, yes, it's not the beginning of winter; it's the the, the midwinter. You know, we, we talk about the Yule period. Midwinter. Th- this is midsummer. Yes, the the these longest days and longest nights and the equinox points. Um, you, they, they, they made what were called the cross quarter days. Now, the cross quarter day can actually be seen as a midpoint, six weeks from equinox to most people know this as Halloween or Samhain six weeks from midwinter, from, from Christmas through to what is, is known as Candlemas or, or Imbolc six weeks from here to what's known as Beltane or May Day and six weeks from here to Lammas which in the Christian calendar is I think the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, anyway each one of these interestingly enough has a Mary feast on it um, in the Catholic Calendar. It's like they took the these were the big pagan festivals of the pre-Christian Celtic peoples, and they turned them all into into Mary feasts, which I find actually very very interesting that they did that. So I'll write these in as a basic reference starting point, so that we can start to see it all working out. Candlemas known as Imbolc in, in the Celtic, And this is Beltane, known as May Day, uh, which which was a Mary Day. Anybody remember what Mary Feast May Day is? I know, it's quite a big one. And that Involk Candlemas, it's a purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's when she's coming out with the the Christ Child, which is... Actually, if we think of... uh, No, let, let me write this one in first. The Assumption is one of them. Is the Assumption May Day? I was wondering, oh, maybe, whatever, anyway, I can't remember. this is August, I thought it was August actually. But this is very interesting, if we think of it in terms of the sun, yes, this is when Mary brought the Christ child to the temple for the... Purification. It was his first outing, yes, and, and but what we would call a christening, basically. So it's his, his christening with the, the doves that were the sacrifice for the temple, and out they come, out into the world. Well, there, here's the Christ child being born. So if we think of it as the birth of the sun, yes, this is the longest night. The new sun is born. From this point onwards, the days are starting to get longer. The new year is the new sun. New solar year is starting to happen Now it actually takes about ten days Before there's a change at all And it's very, very, very slow That the days are getting longer Incredibly slow But by this point All of a sudden it's noticeably longer Things are starting to change And so the, the child, the sun Coming out is actually what's happening In terms of our seasons in terms of what is going on for us the Christ child is out the new sun is growing bigger the new sun is growing stronger the new sun is is right out there I'm very lucky where I live my office is slightly down on a north slope so I've got these houses due south of me and at the winter solstice the sun literally between eleven o'clock in the morning and one o'clock in the afternoon tips over the top of the, the rooftops and I can see it, I know when it's eleven o'clock because there's the sun it's tipping over the top now by the beginning of February it's like ten o'clock to two o'clock yes it's, it's, it's really right up there, it's really changing now in terms of the sun's movements as I said ten days on either side it doesn't really move, it's much the same here it's really beginning to speed up and the biggest movement of the sun is from this period to this period through the equinoxes This is when, if you, can, if you watch at midwinter, the sun is rising in the south-east over there Yes, and there's this very slow movement until you get to Imbolg, and then it starts to move very fast, and it's moving, 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 moving through the equinoxes, moving, 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 and the days are getting longer and longer and longer and longer and longer until you reach this point, May Day, Beltane. Now the days still are getting longer and longer and longer, but it's actually beginning to slow down. And once again, about ten days—it's a whole three-week period. So if we think this is six weeks. there's a whole three week period is actually quite a long time this period round here there's very little movement of the Sun it's reached its northernmost point you know by about here so there's a slow down period so then here it's slow but now it's turning the other way isn't it we're going into the dark so this is the point where one is going into the dark from the midwinter this festival, the, the, the Lamas festival, is the beginning of autumn, in that it is the beginning of harvest it's when the crops start to be cut, they're always the first of the wheat is being cut at about this time of the Lammas celebration and then it speeds and the days are getting much shorter, much 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 shorter um, much 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 shorter by now, by the time you get to Halloween we really notice the nights are drawing in and then it slows down again to this period so what we have here are key points for the movement of the sun yes, not for what the sun, not its extreme points but its turning it's moving, turning And what those key points are Are the transitions of the seasons And if we can remember that The transitions of the seasons Are not at the peak Are not at the high, At the turning At where things are turning So this is the beginning of spring This is the beginning of summer This is the beginning of autumn And this is the beginning of winter And, and to start thinking it this way I've found has, has made a big difference in my life now, where the Celtic Lunar Calendar, I mean this is fairly straightforward calendrical stuff and like I talked about in the fairy tale, yes, but where the Lunar Calendar comes in is it adds this extra dimension to it Now with the, the Celtic stuff, darkness always comes first so you start the year here at Samhain this is the beginning of the year you start the day at sunset so we have already begun the next day now you start the day with the darkness and it's the, the, the philosophy behind that is that darkness underpins the light that in the beginning actually it was dark then the light came yes you couldn't have had light if you hadn't had the darkness first in the beginning actually was the silence and then came the word you can't have the noise unless there is a silence for the noise to come into and so darkness underpins darkness is the beginning you go through the darkness first and then the light can come into that you go through the winter first through the death first through the uh, it's, it's like no seed can grow unless it is first of all planted in the dark it's got to be in the dark so this is the time isn't it when we get our bulbs yeah, that, uh, at all the, 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 the fairs, the autumn fairs, yes, that are happening in this equinox to Samhain time, and that's when all the bulbs come in, and we, we put our bulbs in, it's in October, and it's 10th October, putting the hyacinth bulbs, yes, into their soil, into the wardrobe. I don't know whether anyone else does this, but mm. I always remember my mother doing it, and it's, <coughs> like, it's a traditional thing, isn't it, where you're putting the seeds into the dark, and that's because the darkness comes first. So in the lunar calendar, although remember we've got this fact of a wobble between the moon and the sun Halloween, Samhain, you know it's about the beginning of November but in fact it can, it can wobble from up to a month on either side if you're doing it on a moon thing so just as you start the day at the, be- at the sunset so you start the month at the last quarter of the moon but Samhain is celebrated on the last quarter of the moon now this particular year that he was was doing I'm not too sure, it might be this year the first day of the year labelled October the 22nd actually runs from sunset on October the 21st yes, so that's the first day so where if, if you get a calendar now I haven't always had his calendars and although I should by now be able to work it out I've never actually applied my mind to the mathematical side of it and I've always relied on him to give me the calendars for me to actually keep in tune. Um, so on occasions when I haven't had the calendar from him I've just taken the appropriate moon phase closest to the traditional festival time. So. In fact, I got these calendars because I was giving this talk for the first time in Glastonbury. And it just so happened I gave the talk on October the 4th, which I found the most wonderful piece of synchronicity. And he managed to get the calendars to me about two days before the talk. So two days before the talk I discovered that I was giving the talk at the actual New Year's Day which I I thought was was lovely but I would already by then arranged to do my lunar Samhain for November the 3rd because of course that was closest to Halloween Um, so sometimes I get it a little bit wrong but in terms of the calendar it can go up to a month out and that's why every now and then you have to add in this month yes so in order to keep the sun time and the moon time together this year, being year three of the cycle, because it's got nearly a whole month out, um, halfway through is going to have an extra month put in. So if one starts, so here we are coming, coming up between um, Imbok and Beltane, now the extra month is happening now, we're getting an extra month put in, in order to get everything back in, back in tune once again, to get it all back in sync. so there is this wobble that happens (laughs) but basically the month will start when the moon is in its last quarter the day will start at sunset and every now and then you have to put in these extra months so that is what the five year cycle is about and in fact in one five year cycle in order to keep things moved right you have an extra month at the very beginning of the cycle and then this year which is the third year of the cycle you have the extra month in the middle as well so in every five years you add in two months in order to keep the cycles together in order to keep the cycles going so this one bulk, which is done to the, so here we are at the beginning of winter we go through midwinter Yule, and then here we are coming at bulk, first snowdrops the beginning of spring and this is celebrated at midnight when the moon is completely dark because midnight is the halfway point between sunset and sunrise it's the darkest moment of all now it's not the darkest moment in terms of the sun it's the darkest moment in terms of the season because after midnight you are turning towards the light it's not going to get any darker after midnight. After darker the moon, the moon's at its darkest. It's now turning towards the light. So very soon after darker the moon, you're going to get the first crescent. Yes? And so this is all about, the new is just about here. It's just, yes? And you get the new moon just starting, just after it. And that's what it's all about. So here we come to equinox, which in terms of the sun is the equal but in fact we don't sort of celebrate that equal point again until we get to Beltane which is the, um, the moon in its first quarter, the waxing moon and here we are coming into the beginning of summer now this is the beginning of the phase when the moon is in its lightest half yes from now on the moon is lighter, more and more and more of it is lighter yes through to the full of the moon which is the lightest that it can possibly get so this is the beginning of the summer period the beginning of that period when you're going through into the lightest now in terms of the sun that happens here but in terms of the season the lightest point is at Lammas, which is celebrated at full moon so not only are we cycling around the seasons, but we are also cycling around the Moons mm. so each festival, and what I have really loved about this is I know people have do, been doing full moon meditations for years and some people now are doing darker the moon celebrations or different ceremonies or whatever but what you are doing here is actually celebrating the different phases of the moon at the different seasons so as the season's going into the dark, you're celebrating the moon going into the dark and you also also it at sunset, which is when the day is going into the dark so you get the cycle of the day and the cycle of the moon and the cycle of the season all in harmony all in sync together, they're all in the same phase it's like you're getting this peaking of everything, day, moon and season, all together and together you then turn into the next and that for me is is exquisitely satisfying so to hold the the Sun celebration well we do this don't we with Guy Fawkes we light our fires at sunset yes and Mm. all the fireworks go off and everything and that's all at sunset now to do it as the moon is going into its dark half as well adds just that extra little touch to it and Imbok to celebrate at midnight Yes, at the darkest point. So you actually have to stay up till midnight in order to do it. And when my daughter was little, you know, she used to go to sleep, but she insisted on being the one to do the fire and start the fire going and she'd get up for midnight to get the fire going yes, so I mean she always used to do the Sunday one because her birthday is November the 5th so you know that, that's her fire um, but, but for her to also do, do the Inbot one to get up for midnight now we're just coming up very soon to the Beltane fire and this year it's April the 15th you see by putting this extra month in so you know it's getting back in tune again it's getting closer, close to what it should be again um, and this you light at dawn so you get up for dawn to celebrate the dawn at the beginning of Beltane now I know in Glastonbury we do this on May Day anyway and they have the Morris dancers up the tour, and they dance the sun up And so it's this whole thing about dancing the sun up, bringing the sun up, coming into the new day, coming into the light, the whole celebration of light, whereas this was a celebration of dark. And then at Lammas it's a a midday picnic, you light your fire in the middle of the day and it's at the full moon. So each one you're celebrating a different moon and you're celebrating at a different time of day and it's very, I find it very interesting as I said I have been doing it since 89 that is a long time and I have celebrated every single one I have not missed a single <coughs> celebration yet even if it has been just a tiny little thing like it was one year when I was actually up in Scotland at my parents home and my mother was, was had just died and I literally just lit a candle you know in, in by the grate of the, of the fire at midnight everybody else was fast asleep but it was like I marked the moment yeah so you know no way could there be any other sort of celebration at that moment you know in deep mourning but just to light the candle just to mark the moment and I find it very interesting how there's some people who are always there for the Halloween how did they, to ask
1: the question how did they manage, to, I mean half the time you wouldn't be able to see the moon so how would you know when is the
0: right time? You, can, you do. You, it's amazing how much you see the moon. Mm. I always know where the moon is now.
1: Mm.
0: But I actually, imagine you're living outside. Mm. You're not living in the houses, yes? So if you're living in a Wattle and all house, let's say the age people, most of your life is spent outside. Imagine it is vendor life, yes? Like people are living in vendors and trucks. Actually, very little of your life is spent indoors. Mm. So you always know where the moon is. I mean for me I'm a house person but because I've been watching the moon, because I've been knowing when it's dark and making a point of seeing the first crescent. I make a point of seeing the first crescent because as a child I was told you could wish on the first crescent and I've been wanting to do lots of wishes recently so, you know, i <laughs> getting out there. I've even walked out my house and gone to down Muddy where you can always see the moon very very clearly you need to make a real point of getting that first crescent whether the moon is low in the sky or high so you do you get to know I mean you know I know at the moment that that we are coming into the, the the first quarter because it is beginning to get so bright at night the, even though it is cloudy and misty the sky is actually getting much brighter mm-hmm. which means that there is a moon out for much longer well no not we are out from the first quarter to the full moon we're because it's full moon on the 24th isn't it yes full moon on the 24th so we're, we're from the first quarter to the full at the moment so yes you know you do know it's it's not something that um... ok before I carry on to looking at Gaulish names and what names meaning and correspondences any more questions on actual cycles yes I'm okay. going Yes, they have celebrate the other four days. Yes. They did as well. I think they just love parties. Yes. Mm. Basically. They, yes, they have done with Sundays. and the cross quarter days of Monday. Yes. Mm. Yes. That's right. And as we're sitting with Harvest I Moon, mean, when you said the moon got brighter, at one point you say the moon is getting brighter, and I thought I, I never realised that the moon has. But I know it, it does. does sizes, it it does. It's, really it's a really big moon, isn't it? So is it
1: coming closer? And no, closer it away? isn't.
0: It isn't. So it's something it do to do sometimes. with I don't know. It's something to do with the cycles and the seasons. We've had some very bright moons recently, but they've been the a blue white. Whereas Harvest Moon is very orange gold, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And big, that's right. That's the That Moon. That, that's Lamas Moon. And then Hunter's Moon is, is here, isn't it, around the Halloween point. The Harvest Moon is around equinox, when we're talking Harvest Moon. This is Lammus Moon. Then Harvest Moon is around the equinox. So this is the August Full Moon. This is the September Full Moon, the Harvest Full Moon. The October-November one is the Hunter's Moon. Because that's the beginning of the hunting season, isn't it? When the young are big enough that, mm. that hunting is, is, is allowed again. <coughs> but that, wasn't that, that particular calendar, those particular moon things things, nothing to do with size. No. 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 But yes, you're right, it, it does change. I know that the last moon we had, the, the, the Imbalt moon, was an incredibly bright moon. I mean, although there was thick cloud over it. <laughs> There must be because it must be closer. Well, it doesn't actually get physically closer, but what it seems to. I mean, it doesn't, but it it does does seem to. Yes, you're right. So, okay, Scottish Gaelic names and all the rest of it. Um, So, I mean. You've got he's he's given so much of the Celtic here, and I would just literally be giving you words. But let's let's have a look, see what we can give. The winter half of the year has four martus. Martus means sound months of 30 days, and two an martus unsound months of 29. So we have 30, 31 days but they have it in terms of 30 and 29 because the moon being 29 and a half days in its cycle it actually makes more sense to go between 30 and 29 um, and that's how they do it then he gives the names of the, of the leap ones which again it's, it's just words but let me try and find what the different names of the different months mean Samoni an early form of Samhain is derived from Sam summer as this month begins the winter half of the year, the name must mean something like summer's end. Similarly Giamoni, which is Giamoni, is the one, two, three, four, five, six is the seventh one after San Samoni, yes. So Giamoni means the end of winter. And Elgroni, which is halfway between the two, means the end of cold. Rioros, which is the one at midwinter, means frost ice and Wisona, which is, is um, the one after Giamoni um, seems to mean midsummer or the um, end of spring because Wison is usually spring there's another one, the one that comes after Wisona, is called Ekwos, which means horse and Kanslos which is the very last month in the whole cycle means song so we've got our month names from gods haven't we? Mars, March that sort of thing Um, July, Junus Junus, and so on Um, there are some Roman gods and there's some other names as well in there isn't there they are sort of a mixture, they come from a, a mixture because September is the 7th month isn't it? September, October is the 8th month although they aren't but obviously in some other system they were the 7th and the 8th month and it's actually quite interesting to work, work that one out you know why December is the 10th month and November is the ninth month. Um,
1: they didn't necessarily have 12 did things?
0: It, you see it, it, it,
1: it,
0: here, there you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 basic months but once in the 5 year cycle you have one called Quintus, which comes in at the very beginning, yes and it gives 13 months in that year and the third year of the cycle, the one we are in at the moment you have Medonus, which is in the middle of the cycle, the very very middle yes the middle of the five years and the middle month in the five years which again this year we have got a thirteen month cycle mm-hmm. and that's because the moon isn't doing a precise twelve month or thirteen month again like it's twenty nine and a half days it's very awkward the moon that's the thing we have got to understand about it it's it, it's really awkward it doesn't do a normal amount of days and it doesn't do you know it, it, it wobbles, <laughs> makes everything really really wobbly so the 12 months is, is um, 3 years out of 5 is 12 months but 2 years out of 5 is 13 but then you have these extra big cycles where you get extra ones added in as well so we've got Quintus and Madonis making up the, the five year cycle um, six five year cycle makes a thirty year great cycle a month of years and there's no Quintus at the start of that one so every thirty years you actually cut an extra month out mm-hmm. in order to, 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 to balance it up Yes, there so it's the cutting out of the month um, the 30 cycles, the month of cycles or 5 great cycles form a semi-period of 150 years in the first cycle of each semi-period equos in year 4, in the 4th year has only 29 days so there you are fine tuning by cutting a day out once every 150 years I mean find
1: it?
0: this is real fine tuning at that time, if you lived at that time, you live just by the moon,
1: yeah,
0: not the sun. Well, yes, well, you live by the sun in terms of the season, yeah. but you live by the moon for your your daily reckonings, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, so if you're doing a daily reckoning of something, then it's the moon. That's why you get these moon planting guides because they're going because the moon gives you a closer reckoning, the sun gives you, yes, of course, you're living by the sun. Because midwinter's bloody cold isn't it? Yes, and, and so the festivals are actually, you know, are marking real times. That's what we've got to remember. Our calendar is artificial and we live in an artificial world of clocks and lights and so on. But if you're out there you're not living by clocks, yes, you've got other reckonings that you're living by, you're living by nature so I remember when I was living in in India and I really knew about the moon because when the moon was in its first half I would have a moon to walk home by along the beach but when the moon was in its second half I wouldn't because it didn't rise till midnight Mm -hmm. yes so you always know you know when it's coming up to because the moon is either there or not there and, and so that would be the same if if one was living out in that sort of society yeah. I mean, so, you'd have this, sort of conversation you'd have that you know, mm-hmm. a mother would say you were born when Samhain was cold, yeah. the rest were cults, that's right, right. yes mm-hmm. yes that's right as it wobbled in its thing and it would only be and the druids distinguish one here from another the pattern the months didn't always fall in the same temperature that's right but yeah. what, I've, what, I mean, what has struck me in following this mm. is how this year Samhain was very early mm-hmm. and actually it got cold very very early this year I don't know if you remember but October was an unusually cold October we had a very early um, winter beginning early frosts and so on I noticed it because I knew what, the, what 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 the festivals were doing, and I laughed at how how early. And everybody was saying, "Oh, there's a nip in the air. Oh, you know, the air has changed." And it's like, "Oh well, we've actually we're celebrating the beginning of winter. We are going into winter. That's why."
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> and so that I find that actually quite funny that there's that somehow what goes on out there quite often not always but quite often noticeably often mirrors these wobbles so that I think the moon does have an effect on the seasons and there is this very interesting thing (coughs) connected with what's going on with the moon and the shifting of the season and when the moon is going into its dark phase at Samhain the nights do suddenly get much colder you do notice that shift I, I find that very very interesting so here the, 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 the months are connected with what's actually going on. Yes, the end of summer, the end of winter, the frost, the ice, the time of song. Um, Equos horse time, well that's in the in autumn, the horse fairs, pretty horse fairs and stuff like that. Yeah, so it was going on there. Um, alembiwas, Alembiwas, which is the one that comes after Equos. Um, is surrounded by abundant life L many, M around between, B was life these are some extra notes he put in just in on this calendar he's obviously done some more research Dumanos means death. hi Anne, so me this, this, that's a month yes all of these um, Dumanos it's the one after Samhain and it means depth and it gives a whole nother feeling doesn't it, if we aren't thinking in terms of the 7th month, the 8th month, September, October we are actually thinking in terms this is song month, this is horse month, this is end of summer month, this is end of winter month yeah, and all these particular names but I was actually quite quite interested in bringing out these things of you know over this 150 years you cut out a day two semi-periods A period begins with a half month of 15 days, that's a 300 year period you actually only have half a month of 15 days and every 300 years the order of the dark and light halves within the months is reversed and then the 1200 year period begins in a cycle in which Equos has 30 days in year 4 in other words you are fine-tuning every 1200 years with another day and we fine tune with leap years don't we, every, every fourth year we, we, we add in a day well this is actually a much finer tuning and what's really interested me is where I started from is that this cycle is the same as the Chinese use so they have actually worked out this same fine tuning of adding in a day, cutting out a day, half a month here, adding in a whole month there um, and changing it around in those different ways
1: so does, does everybody always have a static
0: New Year, is there anybody that has like a wandering New Year?
1: Yes, the, the,
0: the Muslims, the Muslims have a wandering New Year because they let they just follow the moon, follow the moon, follow the moon because the moon doesn't keep in tune with the sun then their New Year wanders yeah, around
1: 600 years behind, 600 plus now
0: well that's because Muhammad was 600 years after Christ so, so that's not you know their year things are the same because that's on the sun but their their new year moves um, it's, it's because again they're following the moon yes that's right yes so their dating of the year is actually following the sun yes. well
1: that's
0: what I was saying, I'm saying does, does anybody not bother with the sun and just carry on with the moon? no no no, no. Everybody, f- uh, the, because the Sun is so important. The Sun is so very important. What I find quite interesting is you can actually celebrate about half a dozen different New Years. I, I, I'm not sure if I can remember them all, but the Equinox, Lunar Equinox, and again they go by Dark of the Moon here. Quite a few do. Um, so it's the first crescent at, at Equinox. That's the Jewish New Year. Jewish New Year starts then but at the equinox
1: well,
0: September, September, September. Yes, yes, sometime around September you have the Jewish New Year the Celtic New Year starts here at the beginning of winter the Christian New Year starts here at midwinter the Chinese New Year starts here and the Tibetan New Year starts here um, and then there was another one I came across that started in the spring and I'm wondering if it's the Ethiopian I definitely came across one that started in the Spring um, at Spring Equinox and somebody, some there is, is one religion that has their New Year starting there so for, for all of this period you can actually celebrate lots and lots and lots of different New Years which is great fun and particularly when some people are celebrating according to the moon. Mm-hmm. Some people are celebrating according to the sun. Some people are celebrating according to astrological dates when the sun is going into Leo or when something is 15 degrees of or whatever, yes? So you can have the astrological celebration as well. Um, and so this thing of, of, of the 12 days of Yule, a 12-day festival, I actually find that each of these festivals you can have about a 12-day festival you know with something slightly different um, whether it be you know you, you can celebrate it let's say the, 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 the new moon but then you can have equinox full moon and you can have that as a celebration you can celebrate it on the 21st as a traditional date or you can celebrate it on the astrological date so for each of these festivals you can actually have about 10 days of celebration which means you can say pretty well all of your life celebrating <laughs> 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 but
1: it's
0: for me is, is great fun and the other thing i've noticed as well to do with these festivals is that if we take the dates just as as a date thing and so here we have june the 21st as the winter as the winter solstice the midwinter yes no december the 21st is midwinter we actually have another festival that happens 10 days later which is called hogmanay or January the 1st December the 31st which is a ten day gap and again and again we have these so Candlemas is actually celebrated to, to be real on the 2nd of February and on the 14th of February we have Valentine's Day March the 21st is the Spring Equinox and ten days later we have April the 1st April Fool's Day And One can actually go around and find again and again and again we have these other festivals. And what I wondered, you know, why is there? Is this because you have a ten day period, more or less, that festivals can be celebrated over? And then I remembered that back in the 1700s they actually cut eleven days out of the calendar and all these riots and stuff because people and their rents you know they were paying 11 days extra rent and and so on but the people carried on celebrating on the old days so Hogmanay is the people's solstice celebration because by the time the 1700s had come the reason they changed the calendar was that it had slipped out of tune because it hadn't been fine tuned and so people were celebrating the solstice, ten days off from the actual solstice but the people counted on celebrating their solstice (laughs) ten days off from the actual solstice and so we now have solstice as a celebration and we have hominay as a celebration and everybody takes their ten days off over Christmas because if you are celebrating Christmas and you are celebrating New Year's Day you might as well have the whole lot as a holiday and and I see that you that happened quite a lot that there were these long term celebrations going on at each of the different points. Shall I go on to the next? What you think Any questions? You?
1: What you think now?
0: It was in seventeen seventy? Seventeen sixty? Seventeen fifty three,
2: he's he's precise, he knows it. Yeah, exactly. oh, well done. Um, before then celebrated on March seventeen.
1: That's what
0: it actually started But Taxia and Lady Day was around the old Lady Day was around then and and
2: we were sort of getting ready for the end
0: of the year That's right right? Yes it's a very interesting one that isn't it if you read Thomas Hardy it's the time when all the, the new hirings happened Um, and Old Lady Day was the time when when all the hiring fairs went on and the rents if you were going to have your cottage that's when you did your lease for the next year and so on
2: I would go with the idea of starting the day at sunrise, starting the year the well
0: that goes in with this and I wish I could remember which religion it is that starts at springtime but what that was to do with was actually if you're, if you're thinking an agricultural community, all the workers get laid off here at the end of harvest and they've somehow got to survive they've got to get their tools sharpened and their nets mended and so on in their cottages over the winter period and this is the period when you're beginning to need the people again and they're beginning to hire the people for going out um, and working in the fields and, and if you reach Thomas Hardy, it comes out very very clearly and that's why that was the new year period in terms of the hiring and the firing and the, and the, and the labour fairs and the cottages as well the hiring of the cottage I think the
2: Russians, the Russians still are on your calendar aren't they? So it would be interesting to see whether they have a the ten, 10 day long celebration sessions. or not. They probably don't because, of course, because they wouldn't
0: have the two separate festivals. They haven't lost
2: the
0: seven
2: days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe they're still on here or not, aren't they?
0: as as they're the other hand. If we can the Gregorian, Gregorian,
2: yes. Yeah.
0: Is that, is, that is that the old? No, the Julian is the old one, isn't yeah, it? Is it? Oh, well, we're well on the Gregorian now. One, yeah. 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 In 1753, we switched from Julian to Gregorian. Yes. So oh, yes, yes, there was
2: a lot of protesters yeah, giving back our lost 11 days.
0: Yes, because of, because of rents and stuff, you yeah. see. If you were being hired here, yes, at this equinox period, April 5th, wasn't it? The old lady day was April 5th, March yes. 25th, something like that.
1: Yes
0: but the old one was March 20th or something. Uh, Thomas Harvey has it anyway if you read his books but you know this is around the equinox and you know you've you've been hired here you've got your year and your money Mm. and you've got your rent and your cottage to see you through because that'll see you through the dark period as well and all of a sudden you've lost 11 days and you've worked for it. Mm. My God. (laughs) No. <laughs> Would we'll stand no. for it. I mean, you know. <laughs> this is Michaelmas here, Ex- September Equinox. Mm. Some correspondences he's got here: Halloween, the beginning of winter, the last quarter of the moon, sunset. We can look at it in terms of the west. Yes, the sun is setting in the west. So, in terms of directions we are actually thinking of of Samhain, of Equinox as being west. that is why I have done it the way I have, as being westerly, this is where the sun is setting over the sea, one is looking towards the sea, in Celtic mythology, Ternanog, the other world, the land of the dying, that was all to the west over the sea. Um, and I find it very interesting that the Americans have to go west, young man, you know, go to your death, according to the Celts, because that's what west meant. Because here we'd come to the edge of the west, they'd gone as far west as they could go, there was only the sea onwards, and so the other world was over the sea, that was the west. Um, death conception are, are those ideas that come with that. I now disagree with some of his correspondences but he says that it's also connected with druid, it's connected with serpent, it's connected with grandmother, connected with wisdom those are all druid, grandmother, serpent they're all wisdom ideas yes the west as being the place of wisdom the other world as being the place of wisdom and that's what the whole halloween Samhain idea is about going down into the dark going down into stone into earth into wisdom into serpent regions. Now one of the things I have been doing is um, making particular wines for the different festivals. I make homemade wines out of what is around at the time and I remember as a child there was a thing about after Halloween you couldn't eat the blackberries because they had been turned, they had been pixelated they weren't healthy. Now I've noticed that after Halloween actually they've all gone flousy yes and the, and the flies are at them and the rain's got to them and they've gone off anyway um, and that's you know why as a kid I was told not to but as a kid it was a rule and I think a lot of these celebrations and festivals were rules that were laid down as the children so to speak um, in order to help people remember Yes, and, and I actually think that these festivals, are not artificial things, they're actually very practical. They're practical turning point memories to help keep you in tune with what is needed next. And so Halloween is the time when actually you should have gathered all of your nuts, all of your fruits, all of the animals should have been, salted, should have been slaughtered and the, the meat salted, you needed to be ready for winter and my daughter's got a book which she used to love when she was about four or five called Pukki Gets Angry at Winter or something like that where Pookie actually told Winter to go away because you know Winter was making the trees fall over with the, with the winds and so on and so forth um, and there's a lovely line towards the end of it where Winter says to Pukki remember to tell the animals that when the berries get red, they've got to get ready for winter. Yes, so when you've got the mushrooms, you've got to get ready for winter. It's very, very important. So the celebration here, the beginning of winter, the end of, of, of the harvest, was a very real celebration. we got it done. Huh? Are you ready in time? you know the Druids are going to tell you you know we're holding the celebration we're holding the fires and the festivals and you know we're getting that ox out to be roasted and the meads out to be drunk and you've got to be ready by then you've got to have done it all and it's like it's a way of keeping, it, keeping the kids in line so to speak not that all adults are children but it's a way of remembering it's a way of actually keeping there. so I, I make blackberry wine for, for Samhain yes it's like I pick my blackberries I've made my wine and I keep it a year so you know I've been picking the blackberries here so one year later we're ready to actually drink the wine here and so I, I celebrate with blackberry wine or sometimes apple because apple we bob for apples at, at Halloween yes that's another a lot of our folklore a lot of our folk customs actually come from this very very early calendar and these very very early traditions that you know as I said I think they go back to the stone circles because and and the the megalithic monuments in general the megalithic people um, because I know that they are aligned to midwinter sunrises that they are aligned to Beltane sunrises and so on so I think that this is a calendar and these are customs and these are folklores and ideas and traditions that we in Britain can actually look back 6, 7, 8,000 years for the origin of these ideas that I am talking about here today, that this is something very real to this land. But, but how many years have um, we've we had, we've had the, Jew, the, the Gregorian foundation? 1753. So sort of yeah. how many... How many, how many um well the Caligny tablets were made in 500 AD about then oh. but the stone circles were built 3000 BC and some of the barrows go even older to 4000, 4500 BC and these barrows are aligned to these points that I am talking about they aren't aligned at random mm-hmm. they are aligned to midwinter to midsummer to Beltane to Samhain I mean why the tour is, called, is considered so special is because sunrise along the tour is actually the Beltane sunrise and the Lammas sunrise they actually rise along the northern aspect of the Tor and if you look at the Halloween and the candle the sunset the Sunhen and the Inbox sunset that's looking down at the southern aspect of the tour so the tour is aligned to the cross quarter day sunrise and sunsets, and that major ley line that's called the dragon line that comes up from St. Michael's Mount through Burrow Mump there's one on Dartmoor as well isn't there Burrow Tour whatever it's called um, Burrow Mump, Glastonbury, Avebury and on through the Ridgeway and and various and St Edmunds that line is actually the line of the Beltane Lammas Sunrise and the Imbolc Samhain Sunset and that's why these places were considered so special and they were considered so important because when you go up to watch the sunrise or the sunset <gasps> you've got it by online you know and if I if you go up the tour for Imbok or for Samhain and you are looking down the line of the tour Mm -hmm. and you look down and there you can see Barrow Mump and that is where you see the sun setting. Mm -hmm. Yeah so you get your your focal point because all of these lines you have got to have a point Mm -hmm. so you look for Barrow Mump and you see Barrow Mump and at, at Samhain and at Imbok the sun will set directly down that line directly below it. You must have seen these photos of the rising sun at Beltane and there it is, right, shining through the doors of the tower from behind, um, absolutely spot on, dead on that line of, of the tour, because the tour has a line to it, yes, it's not equal. No. No, I think they've known for about 10,000 years, yes. And we remember, we forget every now and then, but then we remember again, and we realise why it's so special. It's not a random line. It's not just plotted on a map. They didn't have maps. Yes, it was something that was there in 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 the land that was so very important and so very special. Did you know anything about the, the Cairns on, on the was, um, They had a load of Cairns, and they had the stone circles. And some would buy and set behind the kens. They actually put the circles in, and later on built the kens in the light. As the market, as the mark is. Yes. I don't know Bodmin no. now.
1: Well, I just understand that they all line up. The point of these circles so they line up. What do
0: you mean on this? Is it? So it's Bodmin Moore again. The hurdles on Bodmin Moor.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. I've only been to Bodmin Moor once, so I actually don't know it. Still, or is that stopped now? Because we're getting more protective these days, aren't we? There's actually a shift happening. Where well, the stones aren't getting dynamited any longer. You not get horses and carts too, so they're still there.
1: Yes. The ones that have gone,
0: or maybe they can get the No, they could get the horses and carts
2: too, yes. Yeah. <laughs> one speaker we really had um, 13 years ago, Christian O'Brien, who wrote a book called The Megalithic Policy, and another one called The Genius of the Few. I don't know if you're. Uh, you might remember him because he spoke in Sherbourne both in Cathedral House and at school. And uh, he reckoned that the Bodmin Moor stones were actually built by the people who came from the Middle East. And the megalithic obviously of the stones journeyed from the Middle East, the and he finds the same Sumerian names. In Bodmin and, and in Ireland. In fact, he considers the Tuatha De Danann. I don't know whether he's still alive. If he's getting on, that but anyway, mm-hmm. he considers the Tuatha De Denon, um, to be also, rather well, controversially, to be also say, from the savages, people come from the Sanctum, uh, sort of journeying round these these sort of megalithic Mm-hmm. Do you remember
1: that talk?
2: Yes, I think you lent me the book. Yeah. But I've got Bob and War, I was just fascinated by it. I think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a, yeah. So he and his wife did a very big survey, very detailed survey of Bob mm-hmm. and it And that was the basis of the first book. And, and I don't know what you would say, just something like that. So in people come from, you know. Well, people
0: have all come from <coughs> somewhere at some point, haven't they? Yeah. Okay. And we all came from Africa originally, according to Leakey and Company. Yeah. Although that's now being debated, isn't it? The multiple yes, it is. Um, yeah. evolution lines. Yeah. So, yes, we've all come from somewhere so at of some course,
2: point. Diffusionism, uh, which is, this is a variety of, course, is now not the orthodox view, but with. Uh, um, what's it? Um, I told you his name before we started. Uh, the started uh I want to say
0: Bennett, but it's an no, no,
2: it's um, Colin Renfrew. Okay. Uh it claims that because the dates of the Western Megaliths are now back to Carnac, four thousand three hundred BC, and Newgrange, three thousand three hundred, and incidentally, it was on the BBC World well, First News for last year that the big stones at Stonehenge are now back to back towards three thousand BC. They're finally. An antler pick that they've carbon dated underneath <laughs> them. <I> <laughs> uh, and, uh, and that they can't be, you know, from the Middle East because they're actually earlier than yeah, the Middle East ones, I suppose. But this is now being challenged because some of the Middle East ones are being pushed back. Being pushed back too,
0: that's right. So
2: yeah. it's now a bit in the yeah,
0: numbers again, I Yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, the Maria so is good for that. Sorry. Maria Gimbutas is good for that. Oh, I haven't
2: seen that. Yeah. yeah. But what's her book? Is,
0: is the Old Gods of Northern Europe. I think oh, Gods oh is that too. a new book? Yeah. Yeah. She wrote three or four. Some of them are from the seventies. Yeah. Hmm. I, I can't give you the actual dates of, of when they were written.
2: Yeah.
0: That but is. one was quite recent. I might
2: have done a chapter afterwards and improve that. But. Um, I think that now we're having claims that, for example, the Egyptian Karnak Temple, although that not that old, you know, 1500 to 1800 uh, like BC or something, is based on an alignment, which is now claimed because I've been searching this in my own book. Maybe it is 11,000 BC, an alignment. If you if you look at the alignment on which it was originally based um, um, and then of course this all this stuff about the pyramids and the fix the rain weathering of the six which is claimed and also the alignment of the cause to the um, age of the burn that or sunrise or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it is said but not um, of course there are all sorts of claims that the original alignments upon which these buildings were based were 10,000 BC or prior to that which of course interests me because you're back in at the Atlantic and this is why I'm putting my book but uh, um, not that the actual buildings of course are that date, but they're built on an older site where the alignment shows that there was something previous of that mm-hmm. incredibly ancient date. so who knows, I mean how, how early might some of the British ones go? if you're going to take Oh mm. well, yeah uh, thinking, that's right given the But
0: there you're talking about star things and the movements of the stars yeah. Whereas when we look at most of the British ones they're, they're to do with the movement of the sun mm-hmm. and the moon Yeah Which is different from star stuff but that's yeah. obvious because you know some being in
1: northern clouds
0: some will be that much more welcome than That's know. right That's right you in the desert The stars mm-hmm. <laughs> Are just overpowering, aren't they?
1: That's right, and they have that much more importance. Yes,
0: yes, they do become that much more important. Well, I've found that one of the things of of doing this has actually got me much more aware of the stars as well. So I'm not just following the sun and the moon. I'm also now I know pretty well all of the constellations now, and I'm getting to see. The movements of the constellations and understand it much much better. I guess because I'm looking up and I'm mm-hmm. becoming so much more aware of the cycles and I'm living so much more in harmony with, with them. Because what I found, I mean, really, this is sort of coming to an end. But by doing this, by you know, I was I was starting to talk about the the, the, the wood and the, the wine of the, the different seasons and festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, is that I find that the whole of one's life alters because you become very aware of what is going on in its particular season so I'm very aware that snowdrops are time related they always come up to do with the, 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 the length of the day to do with the light. Mm-hmm. but there's other plants that are heat related so celandines are very late this year because it's been so cold. So now the celandines are only flowering now mm. in, in March, where celandines have been flowering in February along with the snowdrops mm. because it's been so warm. Mm. Um, May blossom, which is, is the, 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 the Beltane one, the May Day thing, yes, May, May blossom, and I make May blossom wine to celebrate May Day. That is time related, and the May blossoms, around this Beltane time every year
1: regardless of, temperature.
0: Regardless of the temperature and that is very interesting to see that there are certain things that have been considered to be, be sacred, be special, yes they have got something special about them and these are the ones that are actually time light related which connect with the festivals more or less corresponding I can remember way back when I was told that one celebrated Beltane or May Day when the 1st May flowered mm. Mm. and they are more or less always in tune Very of
1: at the Blackthorn Yes, it's
0: flowering at the moment, isn't it? But, but mm, well Blackthorn is actually heat related it's very late this year compared with what it mm. has been February is normally the Blackthorn and it's only just now flowering in, in March um, and Blackthorn yes I mean it's got quite a, a history but I think that all the trees have haven't they I mean where I'm going now is sort of into a tree calendar Yes I'm sort of edging into tree calendar which is more Robert Gray's white goddess you know it's, it's more lo- sort of looking at the pagan the, 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 the witchy type calendar which is obviously intimately connected with this mm-hmm. but I think that this goes behind it yes that's all a little extra that's where I'm edging to now that, you know I consider that apple is the wood of Samhain and so if we're doing a tree calendar then apple wood for me signifies that Samhain period and ash wood is the wood that I use at bulk. ash signifying because the, the, the ash flowers are some of the first that you actually get on, on the trees Um, I can remember walking one February and seeing my goodness you know the ashes flowering it's like it's although it's very late with its leaves it's very very early with its flowers it's one of the earliest of them all along with the hazel catkins Um, Hawthorn I've just talked about as being being the Beltane wood and Oak being the Lammas wood and there's lots of uh, you know Oak has this extra shooting that it does at tide where it does this second growth spurt and new leaves start to come out at time, which is very unusual because most of the trees by then mm-hmm. yes they are in their full summer and you know it is from here to here that they are beginning to start to go over they are beginning to get tired and old and stuff whereas Oak does this extra special shooting at tide so we can see how the Celtic tree calendar actually built on, on top of this and I could now go around and put all these different correspondences on this particular sheet to talk about all these other different things. Um,
1: I think it would have made sense if there were all these time, um, light related, um, plants Yeah, It would have made sense them to the months after that. Yes. Hmm. yes That would have been
0: it would, wouldn't it? Yes. Like, in bulk, it's snowdrops month. And you say your birth and I was born in day, daily time. Daisy time, yes. Oh. <laughs> Daisy time at four men.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: That yes. yes. yeah. must been, one. Must been one. Yeah. But here he didn't, he didn't seem to have any plants one, the city in, in the translations that I, I looked up, because um, somewhere I came across the translations didn't I? Um, but <coughs> and, oh yes, they were in the technical appendix, that's where the translations were. Um, but they were all end of winter, end of the cold, frost, ice. The horse song, surrounded by abundant life—they are all very descriptive terms, oh, yeah, aren't but they? No, so not
1: written, but, but,
0: but not in terms what of flowers, I, no. What
1: about these horses? Because we don't have horses. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I once visited Chisos, which is a broad village mm-hmm. really. Gone. I, I, I was showing somebody now from South America. Mm-hmm and he just said well so I've just got two questions
0: but, um, did these people have horses? there was one of
1: them and um, where did they bury their dead? did they bury
0: them? both sky I couldn't, I couldn't answer either oh, well I can answer both yes they did have horses and there were big horse cults Epona and so on right. um, I mean yes. if we think of horses as originating on the steppes of yes. Russia and Arab horses then they came through to Europe very very early Um, when exactly I don't know but Dartmoor ponies and Shetland ponies I mean they've been evolving you know over thousands of years haven't they it was a land bridge it was a land bridge and the first peoples to come came across the land bridge and they were following the herds so they came in the summertime and they left in the winter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now the last of the glaciers was 10,000 BC, wasn't it? And that got as far as the Mendips. So this part would have had people coming even through the Ice Age mm-hmm. in the summer regions. Mm-hmm. And some people say Somerset has its name because it was a summer region. It was the mm-hmm. topmost bit that you could get to in the summer months. Um, and that's why at the Cheddar wasn't it Cheddar or Wookiee Hole they found a skeleton of somebody from the ice age period yes and he would have been one of these nomads following the house yes and
2: local villager is, is found by DNA to be genetic that's right the Cheddar person yes. that's it and
0: it was the mitochondria wasn't it yes yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, mitochondrial yeah. DNA
2: and it's at least mm-hmm. down BC there, yeah. that's right yes yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. yes that was a lovely little bit wasn't it yeah. uh, so so horses would have been coming up through them uh, and so Dartmoor ponies we can look at the fact that their genetic stuff has been diversifying you know from about that period of time and sky burials white is the colour of death because bones are white mm-hmm. and the, the early peoples used to take their dead up to a high place mm-hmm. um, Cast them at all, let's say, um, and leave them for for the carrion crows. That's why crows were sacred, mm-hmm. because they ate the the dead bodies and the bones were left out sky my burials. It's the
2: Pharisees still do. Don't you? I a yes. yes The Tibetans
0: still do as well. Oh, yes, yes,
2: mm.
0: yes. Mm. And
2: the the Do they, they do it? Do they? They them up to a high place. Right. It's sort of a cave in the Oh, that's right. You yeah. get yes. kind of yes. the, uh, the in the cave in the cliffs, don't
0: they? I think they're stored for a while and they have a sort of mass lifting
2: with
1: everybody
0: up to a high cave. Mm. 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 And they did in the Indian, didn't they? Didn't yes, well, lots, of,
1: lots of people's houses. Yes, because you're sort of there. You much get high. <laughs> 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 yeah.
0: so it gives us a snob feeling there to think that you know Cardioidris is considered so holy because it was the death place mm-hmm. and betors the, the entrance to a moon, the land of the dead it was the death place
1: well, kind of bones there?
0: The well they didn't get buried in you see they uh, you know, the they got off. scattered off, carried off yes mm-hmm. and they we're going way back now because mm-hmm. by the time we get to Bronze Age and so on then they're burying their dead mm-hmm. so this is back to the megalithic peoples sky mm-hmm. burials and lot of what I'm talking about here although I'm mixing it in with Celtic and calling it Celtic Lunar Calendar it's actually pre-Celtic um, we're calling it Celtic because they were the ones who wrote it down, um, the Caligny tablets, but it will have been built up on knowledge from the megalith builders of pre-Celtic peoples. I would
2: say another thing I found, for, for my book is, um, notations of the sun, moon and probably I think some stars and as well, going back to about 30,000 BC in France, haven't they?
0: on the caves
2: yes uh, and yeah. on those lying around the caves in some oh, of these cro caves yeah. or cro type yes. which is sort of the earliest type
0: of modern yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. the earliest calendrical notation. yes and yeah.
2: some of those are quite complex and, and some people even think they are beginning of writing about 26,000 years before we yeah. think Yeah. Uh because some of them are approaching the symbolic form yeah. of writing yeah and there's some, I can't remember his name, that's a controversial figure in America who's done a of this work uh, and it, some people think that some of it actually looks it, as if the earliest script that we do know about the sort of and so on may have descended from it mm.
1: Mm.
2: and then there's these, um, this other script in the southern France, I can't remember the name of the begins of gene. Uh, it's very controversial, these stones have been found about 20,000 BC. There's another whole lot of symbolic s- script which looks rather suspiciously like the Phoenician and early Greek, because the Greek came out of Phoenician. For all we know, there was a form of symbolic writing way back, mm. um, long before we ever think of anything and uh, some people think there was an Atlantean language of course which is one of the things I've been writing mm-hmm. about because there are so many apparently totally dissociated languages like Basque and easter Island and that shouldn't have anything much in common but you have uh, almost identical sound for certain words you know, halfway around the world <coughs> and even uh, there was a legend of the Tower of Babel you where know, we once had a universal language and it was confused abandoned by Different places, suddenly mm. speaking their own language, because that would be something to do with the breakup of the great ancient sea going
1: empire.
2: Mm. And of course, this Hackwood's book Maps of Ancient Sea that suggests it was just such an ancient ocean going empire prior to 68,000 BC. You probably didn't map based on much more ancient maps.
0: Off your That's fine, no problem. I'm completely yeah. open to all red herrings and wandering paths at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> probably good
2: fish for herrings
0: eh? Probably, yes. <laughs> there are plenty in the sea in those days. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and what's great was then, uh, as you said earlier, the, part, the sort of northwestern peninsula Europe. Yeah. yeah. And the Bridge created as a sort of constellation for the thing of Atlantis that we could be without taking it And as sank, it released the Gulf Stream to reach northwestern Europe. And the Gulf Stream then actually melted the ice in Scandinavia and Greenland and so on, which resulted in the sea we raising the sea level by between three and 650 feet so over the next thousand or two years. Hmm and that then created the British And if we oh keep wow. on
0: creating a greenhouse, my goodness, <laughs> it's going to rise even more, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Why would the releasing of the, rising raising of the sea level create, create that? Surely it would drown it? Well, but down it drowned the bridge between uh, us the least. bridge, I understand. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, parts of the North Sea, like the Dogger Bank, are incredibly shallow. Mm. And where well, I thought the bridge was the interesting. Oh, that as
0: well. And yeah, but, uh, yes, and France and right, right across there.
2: And then Brittany and
0: France yeah. and Belgium and Holland. Yeah. All of that bit was actually connected to us. Yeah. But that's partly the water from the ice age, but partly that the light is tilting, yeah. Yeah. it's tipping,
1: bit that by that bit.
0: Yes, and they're going in and the southeast, and it's still rising up at the northwest.
2: Sorry, what is rising up?
0: The land is still rising is on it? the northwest, and it's still tipping on the southeast. Northwest
2: of which? Britain. Oh, Britain, is it? Yes, yeah. so we've got
0: this this geological tip happening. So it's not only the sea; it's also the fact that it's the land is and doing and where that. Where is it
2: tipping in the
0: southeast? Southeast, it's going down. But so the stuff around. is all falling into the sea. The but it's not that gradual, is it? Yeah over hundred or two hundred years several villages and towns have gone in, down in
2: East Anga there are sections
0: and they right? have yes. yes I mean in geological terms it's quite fast Yeah. what's
2: happening yes, yes. so that
0: better the well that's why they built their great barrier yes, isn't yes. it yes. what about this area
2: is this going up or down we're going up yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I live on the top of a very high hill. <laughs> yeah, because the levels are now actually about five foot above sea level.
2: The sunset.
0: Somerset. levels, mm-hmm. yes. they still need pumping because it's so flat and all the rivers would flood it. Mm-hmm. But it would be more water marsh rather than dry marsh.
1: This just something suggesting that we're in for a great climatic change. Global warming causes the Gulf Stream to
0: change yeah, well that direction, Well the pump that actually circulates the water has actually stopped. The Gulf Stream water. Yes, yeah, so the, the 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 pump that is up in the um, polar region, and there's two. I was reading that with a new scientist the other day oh, the there's, there's cold two, cold no no it's hot water, cold, hot water, cold water and that actual circulating pump that takes the water down yeah. and under has actually stopped over the past three years So it's stop the with stream in time? In time in Britain
2: which would bring the Ice Age In time, yes Is that in the current issue
0: because I that earlier really, No, it wasn't in the current issue
2: Few
0: weeks ago. Yeah, I'd have to look it yeah. up for you. I so would say a few weeks ago, yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: It was a very interesting article.
2: Hmm. So is that going to have immediate effects or is that going to
0: be very long term? Well, I think that nobody knows is the hmm. best answer really. Yeah, and we can all get panic. At the moment it's still flowing, yes. yeah. But the thing is that we don't know.
2: Mm. And and just get cold, actually,
0: it? it would get pretty cold, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. So it would become like Labrador. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: What do you think of the, the since we were talking about the Sun the Moon, the quite old theory now by Professor Hawkins, that the 20, 56 August oh, Stone, over Borby Hole Stone Age, were created in order to, with the pay, that went round all 56 and it marked out. The 19 or 18.6 order, which is yeah, lunar. Every 18.6 years, apparently, I don't really understand this, but the
0: moon does oh, No, I can explain to you precisely what happens. Every 18.6 years. <coughs> um, you know that in winter solstice, the sun is very low in the sky, mm. and in summer solstice, the sun is very high in the sky. Mm. Yeah? Mm. Now, it reaches a lowest point and it reaches a highest point
1: mm.
0: and it does that each year mm. while well, mm. the moon reaches its highest point once every 18.6 years and its lowest point once every 18.6 years because yeah. the moon also is sometimes high and sometimes low yeah, that's what it's about so the 18.6 year cycle is a bit like oh, the one year cycle of the sun in terms of reaching the highest point and reaching the lowest point and this
2: is something
0: ancients would have noted. and oh well, certainly yes yeah. um, and so I think those all holes as charting the moon's 18 year cycle is spot on yeah. and also Kalanish is supposed to be connected with that
1: mm.
0: because when you're at the Kalanish stone circle you see the mountain called the Sleeping Beauty mountain mm. and at the um, moon standstill when it's at its lowest point yeah. it comes out of a very particular place on the Sleeping Beauty mountain and literally just sort of caresses it and goes down over the mm. next bit yeah. and they think that Kalanish was built because it's from this particular point that you get this particular view yeah. of the moon doing that with that mountain so given
2: the, the, the shortish lives of people in those ancient days, I mean this is quite a beautiful really, to matter with that isn't it?
0: Well some people are now saying that that idea of it being such a short lifespan is not necessarily so true. But even if it were seventy or eighty years, we're talking here people who were working on cycles of one thousand two hundred years. Yeah. Knowledge being passed down and passed down yeah. and passed down. And now I don't find it that remarkable. Us humans are very intelligent. And if we're living out with the sun and the moon and the stars and we are noticing because we are living out with them mm. then we notice that and bit by bit over the generations we build our knowledge up mm. and we are still doing that mm. so to me no it isn't remarkable it's just that this is, this is mm. humanity and it's intelligence and the fact that we are able to communicate
2: yeah, particularly if they had these notations uh, as well as all passing
0: down well the memory is pretty good if you use mm. it it's only bad with yes. us because we don't use it. Yes. Yes. But I can remember as a child that the local blacksmith was shoeing our horse, and my father said something about needing him. And they fixed the date, sort of three or four months in advance. Mm. And I couldn't believe that the blacksmith didn't have a diary, wasn't writing the appointment down, that mm. this particular appointment, three or four months in advance, was in his head. And he was remembering it. Mm. And my father said that all the old country people have memories like that because mm. they worked on an oral tradition. They didn't work with reading and writing. Mm. So if you grow up with that, then the mind has that capacity. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I certainly hope that's true because the present I, I know it's true. Very
1: good on it. I just kind of arguing at the man's desire to, to see it pattern in
0: things. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean when you were busy struggling to get through each day yourself, and be yourself how you came to be productive from the you know, the possibility
1: of obedience.
0: I mean that thing of our need to struggle in those days I read a very interesting thing looking at tribal life and subsistence type life yes and working hours and working days and so on um, and in fact you know they, they only need to work about four hours a day so we with our culture and our civilization have, are actually giving ourselves loads more work than tribal peoples, mm. subsistence peoples have mm. um, because their life was so much simpler mm. so you know the, the, they didn't live in the luxury that we live in yeah, so you know didn't have nearly as much as we have but the, for instance, the Kung Bushmen are still living a fairly tribal life. So about four to five hours a day is, is the only work that they need to do. But as soon as you get cash economy, wage economy and so on, then you get trapped into 40 hour weeks.
1: And done the things, they and and They did, lots of that.
0: And watching birds and clouds and stars and moons and sunsets and sunrises and yes. Yeah, lots and lots and lots of it. Mm. I mean, it wasn't easy. It's not an easy life. Yes, in that you're you're not living surrounded by soft sofas and cushions and warm houses and everything. You are out there, and it's you know literally physically quite hard sleeping on the ground and stuff. But but there's. That's
2: right, you don't think about it. Got That's right,
0: yeah. Course, You've got one thing, Some of that. have uh, a uh, community of about uh, 30 people try living in exactly the amount and nature conditions and they can't. But they, they can't because they haven't got the wild animals. No. And no. they
1: haven't got the wild nuts and birds and, yeah. and, and fruits a lot of and berries and. Um, and all Spread spread them out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They found they couldn't, in fact. Yeah, I they mean, could, they had yeah. to call in doctors from time to time and that sort yeah. of thing they cut themselves. And, uh, they couldn't, in fact, do it uh, completely. They got yeah. as near as they could, but yeah. they found all sorts of difficulties.
1: Yeah. But everyone was a young adult Oh, it? they were I mean, all they
2: were young,
1: young adults, were children, yeah, but they were children. You know, but infant stage. Yeah. Yeah. And if anything yeah. happened, you know, they rushed to me. i like wow, women like or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd die, I'd be like that. So a wonderful film of a family living somewhere in Russia in in the in the forest with the snow and the ice. And a man joined them. only recently he must have seen it somebody. And they were they were so content and happy. They had so little. They moved, and made that up. Oh, this is a
1: survival guy he, he, He's he's oh, yes. He's doing he's learning about he's learning survival from people who life But he said they were they were happy. That's what just amazed him. Or nobody can live like that. But they did, and they were happy. And he said, what happens if you get ill? And they said, what was it? It was a it's a seven-day drive to get any help, and they
0: never got it all. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Used to build a the, they're nomads with really cattle, and they built the fetters, I just One of this is they built the, 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 the fences every evening, mm.
1: Split them from scratch, and they took them just to put away. Mm. Their mm. 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 I'm just going to be what you came for. It was the desire. To find a pattern
0: in everything and, and went on and on and technology and all that which kind of whether, whether that arose out of being or having leisure time
1: yeah so, But you were saying I, okay, I, I, I'm immediately now, yeah. I
0: haven't thought about things but no. you're sitting and thinking about things you think of more things to do and all sorts of wonderful things you can achieve which then makes you busy well I know like building stone circles or Silver Hill or you know I mean they they is no trouble for the human to make himself busy I mean we are incredibly good at it <laughs> I think of of the time to build Avebury and Silver Hill and West Kenna's I guess they just really got into doing it you know yes
1: um, well, saying, well, I can I just imagine the people just gathered at certain times when it went easiest
0: over there? They had a festival. They had another party. I mean, all these excuses for partying together. You know, I mean, you've got twelve days out of every six weeks. It's like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's about right, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> twelve days every six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. According to a <laughs> recent, um, the, the cubs were very, for their time, the cubs were at least. A, England and all were were very technologically advanced. And they had very advanced crop rotations which actually were very productive even compared with some modern Mm. agriculture. Um, and um, they had their art it's quite fantastic, hasn't it? You've seen some of the examples of Celtic art on the fantastic wonderful. And then they they went in and reconstructed Celtic And said this is actually more complex in its design than a temple than the big Egyptian temple. Because it's incredible how um complex geometry on the site of how clear to is in order to keep, to make the roof you know walk roof and voice and permanent and that sort of thing. Um, it's actually quite a fast path. Um, and um, I think it's her, know, Hecateus, going back to the 19th century, says that that the Hibernians living in an island opposite Gaul, which must be Britain, and he was writing in the 4th century BC, had great spiritual universities places that people came from all over Europe, and and they were worshippers of Apollo, and Apollo visited them every 19 years, and they had a great ceremonial temple to the gods. They had wonderful musical instruments of harps and lyres, and they had the priests of Apollo, and great festivals. So these are probably some of the ones that Sue has been describing.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, People think that was Stonehenge that you were describing. Yes, yes, yes. He thinks
2: it's a reference to the spiral of Mazar and Gathie. Oh, Gathie. I'm right. With a misspelling of one. I mean, John said something about, I mean, in Egypt, you know,
0: they had snake. I mean, was it roughly the same thing?
2: I mean,
1: was Do we we
0: have slaves? Slave economies are common to most cultures at a certain period of their history. Mm -hmm. Whether there were slaves in Britain at that time, I don't know. Mm -hmm. There might well have been. Mm -hmm. Because the British Mm -hmm. were dealing with slaves until the 1700s, Mm weren't we? Waves of Celts. Waves. Probably, you know, each lot enslaved the one before. Oh, probably, yes. That's what what usually happened. Oh, yeah, well, yes, you do, they did both.
2: they so. mm-hmm. uh. Apparently, according to Hecateus they had a strong association with the ancient Greeks. Um, they actually wrote in Greek according to Caesar, and he says the Druids used written Greek as, as a written language. Mm-hmm. And um, that according to hecateus uh, there's this shadowy figure called Abaris or Abaris. Who was none other than tutor to Pythagoras, Thank of all <laughs> famous for spiritual philosophers? At least he had a close association with him, some people translated his
0: tutor. Well, and Bladud from Bath went to Pythagoras, didn't he? Did got he got taught, yeah. Yes. Who? Kim Bladud, uh, the yes. one who founded
2: Bath. Kim Bladud, yes. 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 Um, and apparently the ancient deities, which is one of the ancient Greek races, used to have regular interchanges with the ancient British the Arab- <laughs> Arab- which literally means the people beyond the North, maybe to the dream. Yeah. And we were regarded as sort of magical, mythical almost race. A race of shamanic people.
1: Still uh, well, are. Well, the people probably weren't in Britain but, the, whole, the whole time, really, sorry. Yes. Still.
0: No. No when we are talking Greek history we are talking 2-3-4 thousand years ago Mm -hmm. Um, and when we are talking megalithic history we are talking 3-4-5 thousand years ago and when we are talking Celtic history Mm we are only going back to 3000 years ago about 1000 BC was the first of the Celts. Not much before that, 1200 BC. Yeah, but Hexius
2: was obviously talking about Celts because that was about 400 BC, 300 400 BC. Yes,
0: so that's Iron Age Celts by yeah. then. The Iron Age Celts came into Britain about 500 600 BC.
2: Who were obviously using stone here so they didn't build it. They didn't build so it, so no. They were using it from his escape. Yes,
1: yes. Before them, they did. A bit before that, yes.